you know, you've brought up that subject. And I, uh, I have lectured and debated uh, very often on the Article 5 Constitutional Convention concept. It is extremely dangerous. Um, and the groups that are pushing that, I'm sure there are some, some very well-meaning people who think, yes, we should have term limits, and yes, we should have a balanced budget. Of course, those are good things. The problem is it is George Soros and his finances that are behind these movements because they want to instill the new state's constitution for ours. The new state's constitution divides America into regions. It does away with state boundaries, and it takes away all of those natural law rights like the Second Amendment. And you're right, it would be a true democracy, in which case uh, the minority, which would end up being us, uh, would be outvoted by the majority of the useful idiots controlled by the left, who, and that's useful idiots in Stalin and Lenin's term for the people that signed on to communism because they were duped into doing so because they thought it would be so great. And then when they found out it wasn't, it was too late. And Stalin murdered most of them anyway. But that's another story. The other problem with the Article 5 CONCON is that if you read Article 5, it says very clearly, Congress, upon application of two-thirds of Congress, or upon application of two-thirds of the states, shall call a convention to propose amendments to the Constitution. That means Congress will call that convention. The states do not control that convention. That is the misconception that is being pushed upon us by the left, because they know that in a media age like today, if we had another constitutional convention, it would be a madhouse of left progressive globalist media to force the delegates, however they were configured, to throw out our Constitution and to adopt a Constitution that was completely different and would not protect the freedoms that we have today. And that is exactly why our lovely Common Core curriculum, tongue-in-cheek, is teaching that we are a democracy and all of the media who is in bed with George Soros and the globalist all pushing the word democracy. And I find it interesting that that word is also throughout all of the documents um, in the government and the UN that, that is pushing that we are a democracy. And it is a blatant lie and it's also part of the critical thinking skills that are dumbing down our youth. So you've touched upon Common Core. So let's talk about education because you know if you educate the, the children and you, you not educate them, but if you propagandize them with your progressive agenda, you have captured their brains at an early age. Isn't that what's going on? Exactly. There's a, a woman named Charlotte Isserbite who wrote a book called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. It's a very thick book. You can research her name. And also I uh, would encourage you to look at all of her YouTube videos. 
and she basically takes you back to Russia and to Pav- the Pavlon Skinnerian, <laughs> if I'm saying it right, training, which is a dumbing down, a purposeful dumbing down. And she, in her book, she takes you through all of the programs. It's about a two-and-a-half-inch thick book. Takes you through all of the programs. And she worked for Reagan in the NEA. And show, she shows you incrementally how all of the programs have dumbed our youth down. So we have lost two generations of youth, have we not? Yes. I'm amazed at even going back in time when I went to school in the 60s and 70s, how little I knew about our founders. But compared to today, it is, it's horrible. Um, when you look at the AP class, you know, the things that they have one line for one of our wars, one line is mentioned. I mean, it, you, you just, it's unfathomable that you can even, you know, most people don't even communicate with their children anymore. I mean, we don't sit down and have dinner because everybody's on their technical devices. But, you know, I encourage people that have children in school, take time, look at, look at what you can because everything is online now. I have a, a friend who was told she could not have lunch with her daughter let alone see their school books because everything's online. She could not even enter the school. And the IT uh, fellow in the office basically told her, he said, ma'am, let me, let me explain this to you. He said, you, as the parent, are looking through the window. Your daughter is in school. So basically he was painting a picture that you're separated from your daughter. And I have another friend who um, homeschooled, and they homeschooled for eight years and started to enter public school in their ninth grade. And they had to take a federal test online to see if they were able to enter public school. Well, that test just happened to have a Kellogg's cornflakes picture. And it dealt with masturbation. And it asked three questions. And if Kellogg's was behind it. I forget what the question was now, but Reese, you can pull it up online. And this child didn't even know what that meant. And she had to ask her parents, which opened up a whole other can of worms. And it ended up to be that Kellogg's did create the answer. I mean, they were behind the answer. And so if this is being taught or tested through our students, they know exactly what they're doing. And if you start researching the sex ed in schools, which is through CECUS, uh, that's one of the things we were going to talk about a little bit more in detail later as I get to the Temple of Understanding, because the, the Temple of Understanding is a spiritual arm of the United Nations. And when you start connecting some of the dots as to who is behind the Temple of Understanding and its founding, uh, that will connect the sex ed that we're dealing with today and, and, edu- and also the education in general. Well, so let's go to the Temple of Understanding. That would be a good subject to discuss. And as we get, realistically, what we're talking about here is that there's one agency on Earth who is pretty much the face of globalism, and that is the United Nations. They, they are the hydra with many, many tentacles. And, of course, the Temple of Understanding is just one of those tentacles. So let's talk about it. Well, the Temple of Understanding was actually started in 1960. But I want to say, you know, when you add a spiritual component to something, you're delving into another realm that's very serious. 
and a lot of people don't know that this the UN has a spiritual side. So Temple of Understanding is all spelled out, .org. You can research it yourself. They were uh, started in 1960, and Juliet Hollister was the founder, and she was friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. And my understanding is Robert Mueller was on the board. Robert Mueller is the founder of World Common Core. Okay, They created an arc of hope. Now, this is literally a mockery to God. Instead of the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of Hope is giving affirmations to basically the Mother Gaia Earth. And inside that Ark, instead of putting what God had put inside of his Ark, the Jar of Manna, Moses' staff, and the Ten Commandments, they put the Earth Charter and Tenemus books, which are affirmations, prayers of affirmations to the Earth. But what was startling to me is they gilded that ark, made it similar dimensions, and gilded it with gold, and they carry it on 96-inch unicorn horns. They didn't create the ark until 2001, after 9-1-1, and they created it at Shelburne Farms, Vermont, and they carried it from Shelburne Farms all the way to New York. People from all over came out to help carry it. And so you begin to see this is, um, this is an abomination to God, the whole idea of this ark. And the Temple of Understanding rests, I believe, in New York, but it does circle the globe. And um, I intend to go visit that one day just to see what it really looks like. Now, how about the rest of the spiritual side of the U.N.? Well, there is a, a very dark side um, as you as you investigate this you can go in many directions um, one of them in case your listeners haven't heard um, is CERN in Switzerland and I found it interesting when they opened up that tunnel and I don't rem- recall the details of it connecting um, I can't recall where it connected but when, when they opened up that tunnel they had a celebration and several country's diplomats came to that celebration and it was very satanic and you can research it and and actually see the ceremony online they had two ceremonies they had one inside and one outside and they are actually working on splitting the atom and going into a different dimension so there's a whole nother science realm of this that can get very dark but it's all out on the internet for for your listeners to research. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.
coochie, coochie man. I get joy in everything. Everything. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Well, Kim Fletter, uh, we've been flirting around with the with this, and I, I really still want to get back to the United Nations. Um, t- let's talk about not the philosophy of the United Nations and how um, how that philosophy how how do they express that philosophy? What are the tools they use to express that ideology? Well, they they create uh, documents, their own charters and their own documents, and then they they use your own government, your own agencies, and every one of our presidents has been used to implement policies, executive orders, acts. Acts was another uh, uh, thing that they you know, created through, the, through our legislative system. So you can create an act and then you can do the bidding of the UN's policies. And uh, basically everything that we're dealing with as far as what you started out talking about and losing our land rights, all of that is coming through their through our own hand through our own policy and agendas, um, and you know it was interesting when I started researching this. I realized that because we're dealing with the United Nations and the, the deep state that's behind them, there were barriers that needed to fall for the UN to propel and for globalism. And basically, there are uh, six barriers that I came up with. And it's got to do with interdependence and intergovernance. And I want to mention that word intergovernance because there's a lot of buzzwords that the United Nations has in their documents and then we in turn have in our own policy because it's coming from United Nations dictates. And those buzzwords I'm going to be mentioning throughout this conversation, um, but intergovernance or governance is a big word. I want you to take note of that because we are under a republic, a government, and and our elected leaders 
represent us. And that's why the Constitutional Convention is being pushed. You know, my understanding is um, we were only seven, we're only seven states away, but, but they want to change our Constitution, which is governance, not government. And if you take the most, you know, if you take the popular vote, then you've just tipped the nation and we would be um, under, a dem- you know, we would be a democratic nation because those heavier populated cities would tip the scales. And that's why our republic, our founding fathers, created a beautiful thing when they created our electoral college to balance out all that. And so when you get back to these barriers, you see these barriers had to fall. And you, you uh, well, let me, let me stay on that track. First was the currency barrier. Now, remember, we're talking about intergovernance for globalism. And the U, which the UN is being uh, used to, do, to propel. First is the currency barrier. We had 1944 established the World Bank and the IMF. Then was the political barrier. 1945, the United Nations was established. That created an international level of government. The third barrier was our economic barrier. 1947, GATT and all of our agreements. You wonder why we have all these trade agreements. Erasing our borders. Okay, what Trump is doing right now with this new trade deal is is incredible, and our news is making a a horrible mockery of him. Uh, the fourth barrier that had to fall for intergovernance slash globalism is the legal barrier. They created the ICC, the International Criminal Court, that began the the legal integration of the nations. The fifth barrier was the communications barrier, 1998. Y2K pushed us into a global electronic network. It basically connected media and communications. And then the last barrier that has fallen was the military military and intelligence barriers. 2001, 911 tore down the remaining barriers between military and intelligence. And it also destroyed our privacy rights. So you, you see what is happening and how the United Nations and the oligarchs, as we go through these documents, you'll begin to see the, the layers of threads that will unravel, exposing the details. It's interesting that you mentioned the barriers and how those barriers are being, one by one, they're being attacked and attempts made to destroy them. Those barriers are what make us a sovereign nation. And when those barriers fall, we're no longer sovereign. We lose our sovereignty. Um, And you're correct that in our current administration that all of this nationalism is abhorrent to the globalists because they understand that there are millions of people in the, the United States who still feel the patriotism the love of country, mm-hmm. borders, border security, and things of that nature, which make us a country. Um, you also have mentioned one thing that I think is really important, and that is we are not a democracy. And every time I'm listening to programs on, uh, on television, which I watch less and less, but news, news shows, the left is always talking about our democracy, 
our democracy. I am waiting for the host on that program to say, time out. We don't have a democracy. A democracy is mob rule. A lynch mob is democracy. A democracy is a system in which 51% of the people tell 49% of the people what they can and cannot do always. We have a constitutional republic which protects the right of rights, the natural law rights of every single individual citizen, the minority of one is protected in our government. And I'm waiting for that to happen. But I'm not holding my breath. That's right. I am so thankful that there's groups out there that are pushing um, for, or excuse me, pushing against the Constitutional Convention because people do not truly understand the um, seriousness of voting for that. And, and the, uh, you know, the two groups that are, that are pushing forward are for the balanced budget amendment and then term limits. And uh, they, they don't understand um, the details of what will happen to our future in America if, that, if the Constitutional Convention passes. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We'll be right back right after this quick break. <laughs> 